This is episode two, taking risks. On today's episode, we have Felix Tan with us. Um, Felix Tan is the founder, co-founder of Skillio. And uh, over to you, Felix. A bit about yourself, please. Hi everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm Felix. Uh, I'm also a besides just uh, being the co-founder of Skillio, I'm also a final semester student in NUS. I'm doing uh, majoring in global studies. Um, yeah, and um, a little bit about Skillio. We are like we are building an AI-powered digital soft skills portfolio for Gen Zs to basically be able to showcase and track um, their soft skills competencies. Uh, in a nutshell, it's a little bit by, like building LinkedIn for soft skills, but very much targeted at the new generation of uh, young people that's coming out into the workforce. Yeah, so happy to be here, you know, um, to talk about this topic. Yeah, great to have you on, Felix. Um, I did, you know, um, I kind of stumbled upon your, your startup a few months back and I was just scrolling through LinkedIn and you know the good thing about LinkedIn these days is that um, you, you do see posts that your friends like and things like that right so when I saw one of the posts that Adnan had liked and then I just uh, went on to click into the website to look into it and I got to say the platform is super slick and um, and I think you know just going through um, the platform and what you guys are trying to do it's um, it's super cool yeah, honestly, that's the, that's the only word uh, I would I, that comes to my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the first question would be, um, so so we we're trying to talk about what it is to take risks, right? And obviously, starting some sort of a venture like you did definitely does involve a lot of risks as well as a lot of calculated risks along the way. But before we jump into the word risk yeah. because you know the word risk is widely used right like people use it in any context they for pretty much yeah. anything you can say risk 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 i take risk do you take risk risk management risk averse and things like that but before all of it i guess we should ask what is stability right stability would in in my opinion would kind of be the contrasting word so what is like stability and being stable to you in in any context right i, I think um you know like what you said right um the the definition of you know both words like stability and risk um, differs for everybody um and I, and I and by no means my definition is the one that can be applied to all the audience here uh, that's listening in um but i think for me stability is probably something that uh is being comfortable with where you are you know being comfortable with what you're currently doing and and to me i think um stability is something i wouldn't say it's a, it's a negative word right but it mainly just means that i'm not growing it, it means that you know perhaps i'm not pushing the boundaries but to some people that may be okay right especially at different stages of their life and you know um, um and different phases of where they are currently at um but i think for me um, stability means you know you probably found a certain set of rhythm in life and you know um, and and that that kind of rhythm is something that you're comfortable with um, yeah I guess that will be my my definition of what stability means to me yeah I mean interestingly I think what you mentioned was stability can also be looked at as stagnation to some people mm. like I guess it depends, depends on the perspective. Depends on perspective. And, you know, some people who have... So it's all about order and chaos, right? So some people prefer more chaos to them. Like to maybe to some people, more uncertain career paths or uncertain scenarios 
are more stable because they're more comfortable in that. Yeah. So, that's... yeah. So it's more personal, I would say. Yeah, and and I think um, stability, right? Although it could mean stagnation, I think, like Felix said, in certain scenarios, it is quite desirable as well, right? So, um, maybe in in the context of um, say say if if you're a family, if you have a family and you're in a family kind of a surrounding, right? Yeah. You would want to have some sort of stability within your family, right? So, so you would want to have people close to you, around you, and things like that. So, in that kind of a situation, maybe stability is a good thing. But well, you probably got there because you were looking for stability. <laughs> possible, possible. Yeah, but yeah, the word itself. I, I honestly, when people say, um, when people ask me, right, are you, um, do you, do you look for stability? I kind of dislike the word as it is because. At least, like off late, right? Like I feel there's been a change in perception of people. So maybe ten, fifteen years back, or if you ask your parents or my parents, they would be, uh, they would say that you know the word stability is such a positive word. Uh, I'm you know <laughs> looking for stability in life and all that. But right now, it's such an kind of uncool thing to say, right? If <laughs> if any of us go to our friends and say that, oh, uh, I'm actually looking for a stable uh, job, something nine to five standard thing that pays me. A set amount of money, and um, I would want to grow in a slow yet um, kind of guaranteed fashion. People just look at you; they're like, hmm, "Is is this guy uh, truly someone who's in this generation? You know, who's born in, <laughs> born in these times?" Because right now, everything, pretty much, almost everything around you, is chaotic to an extent. Yeah, I I guess a part of yeah. it as well, right? It's because of you know things that's happening around us. Right, you know, we are in an environment that you know are fast changing, and you know things are moving so quickly. And uh, if we are, you know, so comfortable in the current set of rhythm, like you know what, like what you said, right? For a lot of our, our parents, our the, the generation that they come from, you know, they strive to you know maybe be in one job for many years, right? And but you know, with the current kind of condition and the situation in the economy and how things are changing, disruptions happening, you know, we can't afford to you know have the mindset to be stable in one aspect or in one aspect of our life, right? And it becomes the fact that you have to be mindful that you know you are always be prepared for the next change or be prepared for something that's going to come into maybe uh, disrupt the status quo, right? So I, I guess maybe that's why there is the kind of like feeling or the vibe, right? That you know it, we for people our gen we can't really be stable um yeah but i guess again you know um it, it does apply for different aspects of your life right and it doesn't have to be like what i think what, what you were saying like in family right you will definitely want to have a more stable kind of arrangement um but i guess it really differs from people to people yeah 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 i mean even in family some people don't want stability really <laughs> oh god uh yeah but yeah. i think personally um there are certain things and certain um aspects where i do look for stability even now yeah um probably not so much in with regards to career and things like that but um yeah i think with with regards to family that is like 100% for me you know i need to have something that is stable i need to at least <laughs> try to find something that is stable um yeah because i i don't know call me old fashioned but in in certain aspects i really I still can't give up that sense of um, looking. You know, I st- I try to find something that's stable, and 
um, definitely, you know, all of us here getting to this point in our life, we've already taken certain leaps of faith and certain, um, you know, risks. And we have tried to do things which probably not everybody else has been doing. Personally, the two of us are international students, right? So um, I would say moving, choosing, uh, taking the option to just, you know, make the leap of faith to move to a foreign country is, is okay, might not be the most risky thing, but to an extent <laughs> it is, uh, you know, a bit uh, of a risk because you never know what will happen and you never know um, where you will end up in the I mean, next few years. and things Unless like. you're coming to a university and you check the rankings and you're pretty sure... <laughs> So I don't think it's that much of a risk per se. I think it's you obviously selected NTU because you thought that it was the best you could do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't look at it as much of a risk. I think sometimes people actually overplay the notion of risk and overplay things as risky which are actually not that risky. Mm-hmm. And as humans, our tendency is to avoid risk, right? Like, to survive. The natural instinct is to avoid risk. Because in a fight, for example, in, in a boxing match or in any kind of professional fighting, the natural tendency is to run away. So to get in the ring and to fight someone is actually going against your natural tendency. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, but again, that depends, right? The, yeah. the, the, the common thing, you know, just with the context that he gave of, of during a fight, there's the whole two sides of it, which is fight or flight, right? So people do choose to get in there and still, you know, see, okay, I'm uh, put it all out in the ring, whatever happens, happens yeah. kind of mentality, which is what people of late are yeah. leaning towards. Yeah. Yeah. May or may not be a good thing once again. But yeah. Um, I, so guess I think that's to... how we can move on to the next uh, sort of topic. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, like you said, that people are increasingly finding stability in, you know, uncertainty almost. Like, like one of my friends always says that, you know, he wouldn't want to work at a place where he's not challenged. Like he wants to be challenged every day. So, and, you know, with, you've also started Skillio, you must have a vision in mind of the future you want to build, the future world that we want to live in. So, there's this common expression of high risk, high reward, like sacrificing, you know, to live in a society that you wish to build. So, what, what is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this high risk, high reward? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I mean that's the basic economics term, right? Like, you know, if you don't have high risk, you know, that the, the kind of rewards uh, will always be subnormal, right? If you look at all the, you know, like the charts of your stock exchange and all this kind of thing, uh, it's the a stock very market standard... only goes up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very standard kind of expression. Um, I, I guess, you know, in, in any, how I see it is like uh, in this whole debate around risk, around stability, it's always like a, a, lever right uh, and you have multiple controls that that you can tune up or tune down 
Uh, and in any decision that you make, um, it, the risk is not one dimensional, right? And, and the risk or the risk or stability kind of ratio is not one dimensional. So I think going back to the, the example that you have shared about job, right? Um, getting, getting in a job that's challenging uh, can be in the context of a startup, right? Yeah. Where financial stability is not very high, but you get challenged a lot. Or it could be in, you know, in an MNC, right? Or a big company, right? Where you have financial stability, but maybe you get, you know, challenging jobs as well. And, but I, so I, I guess in that kind of uh, scenario, right? It's really dependent on the individual. Um, what do they value? What is the kind of um, uh, things that they, they see as important, right? And then from there, then con sort of contextualizing their scenario to what they are going into and making decision based off the trade-offs. Um, but I guess, you know, for people that um, maybe for me personally, right? Um, going into Skillio was really more about, I guess, a, um, personal mission, right, to sort of um, um, try to make sure that society, you know, don't just judge people by their academic grades, but also judge people on a more well-rounded basis uh, in terms of their non-academic qualities. And I guess that also personally stems from my own um, journey um, uh, growing up, you know, like how I wasn't, you know, the most uh, academically inclined students, but I was very lucky to be given opportunities to um, learn and, and grow in, in the non-academic aspects. And I guess, you know, uh, in that case, that was a very strong personal calling for me, right? And, and, and you know, when I started Skillio when I was in year one in NUS, um, you know, it, it, it was like a natural next step for me. And, 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 um, and although there are a lot of sacrifices, like, for example, I, I, you know, I don't really have much social life, you know, because I have to work and, and you know, I, and all of those kind of things. But it's something that I'm comfortable to make that trade-off with. And maybe for someone else in, in the same situation, that, that whole equation might be different, right? So, you know, it is a very um, interesting and very tricky topic to talk about because, you know, it really yeah. depends on everybody's situation. Definitely. And um, one, of, one of the things that, um, no matter the topic, right, that we try to um, not seek a conclusion, but try to find um, what the, the guest thinks about is with this whole notion of how fashion affects that particular um, whatever you're talking about. So in this, in this context, it would be risk, right? So would you say that to be able to even make that leap of faith and, and decide to take a particular risk, you need to be passionate about the thing before, before you do that? Um, I, I, for me personally, right? I yeah, think uh, you, you, you should have passion in what you want to do. Um, and because, you know, if, 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 you know, you know, the word passion is, it means, right, I think if, I'm, if I didn't remember uh, wrongly, is to mean, is to suffer, right, is to suffer for what you like to do, right, and, and uh, if you're not, you know, passionate about what you like to do, you know, for different people, it might be sustainability, it might be, you know, investment, it might be making money for all you know, right, uh, if you're not willing to suffer for that, Right, then it's gonna be very sad, <laughs> right? Because you are you are making all these sacrifices, you are making all these choices, um, but you're not enjoying what you like to do, or you're you're not comfortable with going through that pain, right? And and I guess um, I always like to say that you know, especially in general, right? People that of our age at, at this kind of early twenties of our life, um, don't play it safe, right? Because uh, you know, it how many more twenty early early twenties do we have? 
we only have it once. Um, and, and I think this is the best time for, for us to experiment, for us to try things, for us to take risks, right? Because when you then step into the workplace, I have many friends that, you know, eventually they decide to quit their MNC job and start their startup, you know, mid-career when they are in their 30s. And I, I always say I admire their decision, right? Because, you know, it's such a heavy responsibility, you know, having to um, pay for rent, having to pay for their family, but they decide to take that leap of faith. Um, compared, and, and, and they always say to me, right, you know, I, I wish I have done it earlier. I wish I've done it when I was in university. Um, and, you know, that's something that, yeah, like, like um, I, I would love to share with everybody listening in right now. Yeah. And well, I would say, I would say you should take the leap of faith even in your early 30s or 40s or 60s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. But easiest time, I guess. You know, one thing that I would kind of mention is uh, this high-risk, high-reward notion, right? Even if, you know, startup's success rate is really slim, right? As you know, Felix. And mm-hmm. But still, I think you, you're already getting the reward of working on something that you're passionate and pursuing meaning in life, you can look at that as reward. Even if your startup doesn't, you know, become a unicorn. Yep. Like it's, you're already getting a lot of reward. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I totally agree. And I, I, and I think uh, it really depends on how you view reward, right? Is it yeah. um, monetary reward? Is it, you know, um, you know, being able to know people in, in the network, right? Or, in, or to expand your network, that's also a reward, right? Being yep. able to pick up new skills, that's also a reward. So I, I guess it's also being, putting the lens in perspective, right? What do you seek to get out of it? Right. And, and um, that I, I guess, you know, with the whole Maslow hierarchy of needs, you know, that, that, and, and, and depending on where you are in life, that, that kind of risk reward ratio is something that's different for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess um, another thing would be, right, um, with, with the whole, you know, we, we just spoke about how fashion is, is maybe. I wouldn't say it's the most important thing when you're when you're making a choice of whether or not you want to take a risk, but it definitely plays a role. And uh, like Felix said, you know, for him personally, it definitely did uh, yeah. play a. I mean, to me as well, I think that is the most important factor. Yeah, and I think when you're passionate, that's when um, the way you measure reward also yeah. kind of changes. Yeah. So it's it's no longer just about um, how your balance sheet is looking or. It's definitely not about that. Yeah, and I guess that that would be to say to almost any startup founder, right? They yeah. do start, at least most of them, or the ones that I know of, it's it's definitely due to something genuine that genuine a genuine problem that they want to find a solution to, rather than thinking, Oh, um, will I be profitable in three years or four years? You know, I don't think anyone thinks that, but you have to think that if you want to build a successful startup. So I guess eventually you get to that. Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think it's also possible to become passionate along the way? See, I'm working in in that particular context, you know, um, the the friend of mine, uh, as in the colleague of mine was a chemical engineer from uh, NUS, if I'm not wrong. And he said, you know, because the whole way the oil and gas industry is perceived is is quite negative of late, right? The, uh, <laughs> people do think that uh, they are causing more harm than good. 
which okay that that's a separate topic <laughs> that we probably uh, should touch on later uh, in in another episode yeah, yeah. Uh, but the whole you know his whole view was that um, when i joined out of university and when i studied chemical engineering um, i was quite passionate about being able to um, drive some sort of change or find something meaningful within that industry because chemicals do you know specific to chemicals they do have uh, create a lot of positive things and there's a lot yeah. of good that comes out of it but then he said that you know say 5 6 years after i i do feel because um you know when he got rotated to a business facing role or a front office role uh he kind of felt that you know he was losing some of the passion initial passion that he had so do you think if you know this situation and this it is quite common at least from like the the so called career professionals that i've heard of they say that you know down along the line they do lose passion do you think this yeah. is common and if so like what what how how do people get around this right because okay maybe with with regards to a startup if this was the case um actually that would be oh, the death of the startup <laughs> the death of the startup maybe <laughs> um but if you lose passion if you lose passion yeah. but it is it does happen right how do you yeah how do you work around it what do you think felix yeah i i think um a lot of what passion comes from as well is it stems from purpose right um what's your purpose in life um and and a, a lot of us you know uh, if, me included we i wouldn't say that i have found my purpose in life because it, it is a, a a constant um journey of self discovery and uh, if you're not exploring you wouldn't know what you like or what you don't like right and i think for me like for example i was exposed to the education industry when i was 17 right when i was doing a lot of coaching and youth mentoring and that got me interested in the space and that got me passionate because i found deep purpose within the space of helping other younger students uh, become better or become just 1% better by the end of you know my interaction with him or her right and and i guess uh, in 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 the example that you have just shared about you know um you know the, those uh, seniors that you have that you know got rotated and realized that they started to lose passion for what they do a lot of times is because of exploration and it's normal that in during this phase of exploring and then what you realize is that, oh you know i didn't like this part of the job or this part of the industry i don't like this kind of job function or i don't like the whole general industry in in in, in general right maybe i come in thinking that oh this is a sustainability role i'm going to make change within the oil and gas industry but to your horror then you realize that you know you're making more harm than good right and then that sort of conflicts with what you believe in right conflicts uh, with your purpose and and in that case that sort of you know have a dwindling effect on your passion for what you're doing as well um and i guess you know um as you go through a lot of these multiple roles and and exploration as you you may start to realize that um things start to change right and maybe your purpose starts starts to tweak a little right and and all of these are internal as well as external so things that that affects you externally can change your purpose or change your direction in life things that happen internally as well can do that as well so i i guess you know probably that's the phenomenon that you're describing in my opinion yeah and and i think it's it's not really a bad thing that you're losing passion for a particular um you know for something particular at some stage of life it it could just as well mean that you know you're becoming more passionate in something else right yeah and and i think identifying that is important and being okay with with it is as yeah. important yeah i think one yeah, more but... thing that i wanted to touch on is you know uncertainty and you know startups or any idea is basically a hypothesis and we go out there to try to validate our hypotheses so 
how do you deal with uncertainty like you don't know what is going to happen next right we're all trying to find out so how do you deal with uncertainty and does it excite you or do you try to you know like let me try to validate as much as possible eliminate the yes eliminate the uncertainty yeah yeah an interesting question right i i well, when i look back at my own journey what i realized is that uh, uncertainty excites me but not the consequences of it <laughs> right so yeah. when i'm uncertain right that excites me to want to do something about it but the consequence of getting it wrong scares me right because uh, you know like for example right right now in our startup right um we we have to raise money because you know we we for example we have mouth to feed right and yeah. it's uncertain because i've never done it before <laughs> i start to figure things out i have to go and do that on my own right but the consequence of failing it is something that worries me it's something that scares me right and and i guess yeah. um that's the whole in my opinion that's the whole equation of you know um uncertainty right and and um and and i guess you know like in school we are all taught that 1 plus 1 is equals to 2 right but you know a lot of times in the society that we are going into right uh, the the equation is blank plus blank equals to 1 right how do you, and and there's multiple ways to solve a particular uh, question or derive at an answer right and i think we must then be comfortable with the idea that and and it's not just in startups right even in the kind of you know even in whatever job that you do in the future uh, we must be uncomfortable with uncertainty and having the methodology to say hey you know maybe i'll try something like that you know and and test it like and like what anand say right validate it right um, to to get your to get to see whether you are in the, on the right track right and then slowly slowly finding your way to the right answer uh in the most maybe efficient manner or or possible depending on the parameters that you're given um and yeah i guess that's that's how i would you know put my relationship with uh, uncertainty i think that's that's the most amazing thing about startups i think is that there are so many variables that like steve jobs said that you know you take this whole machine of variables and put it into this team of people who then you know through years months and years of ideation talking and validating everything such a complex process to make one product and i think that is why it's so much fun and exciting as well yeah yeah <laughs> and the thrill of not knowing is is definitely <laughs> there to an extent but like felix said you know and and this is this is a concern right like you do you are quite people do want to um you know have a thrill in not knowing certain things but dealing with the consequences of of it when it goes wrong is is a whole different thing and and i i guess you know you need to um be of the mindset that no matter what happens i'm going to be accountable for what it is because you know um be it a startup or anything else it is kind of you know like you said you know blank plus blank equal to one but you're the one who is figuring out what is fitting within the blanks right so if yeah. if it doesn't work out the way it it should or you wanted it to the most important thing would be to take accountability for it and and not let that reduce your your risk appetite or anything like that moving forward right because the next time you you i i would say the worst thing or maybe one of the the, the worst worst things that you could do is to be that you know i learned from this experience so moving forward i will be more cautious and i won't i won't really you know 
it's yeah. it's the the whole thing that you know I have uh, one foot out of uh, out the door. So if 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 you kind of switch to that kind of a mentality where you keep trying to build a lot of safety nets and uh, blank plus blank equal to one, <laughs> but I will figure out a lot of things that you know I will do in case it goes wrong. I agree to a certain extent, but you know from every rejection, let's call it rejection or failure, I think you have to learn mm. and. Yeah, because it's a game of chess almost. So with every failed move, the next time you're in a similar situation, you have to realize what went wrong the last time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the whole question, I guess, here is: Does that mean that you would be more cautious, or or more, you know, I will try to do the safer move in that situation, or would you still strive, or at least try? I I think you know it's it's only human that. When you learn from mistakes, and especially if the mistakes have been painful, you, to an extent, wouldn't really, you won't really throw yourself into a similar situa- situation again, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But where does that trade-off come about? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I totally agree, right? That um, when you do something that you're unfamiliar with, um, you started to, uh, you will start to basically have a, a understanding of what worked and what didn't. Right. And, and I think those are valuable lessons. And I think it, it is a fine line between, you know, after knowing this or after you fail, right, um, you start to become more maybe um, risk adverse, right, and not do it anymore. Or it could be the other way around where now that you know what doesn't work, when you do the ne- when you embark on the next um, opportunity or the next thing that is a set of things that you're doing, now you know what not to do. And you are then able to apply what works. Uh, in the next venture. I think that's why for a lot of, you know, a serial entrepreneurs, right, when they started their first venture and maybe they it, it's not successful, the next time around when they do it again, venture capitalists tends to back those founders because they now know what doesn't work, right? And uh, they now know the shortcut, I wouldn't say shortcut, but maybe the shortcut to success in a sense that yeah. uh, they now know how to actually implement something that that uh, in, in a more su- successful manner. And, and I guess, you know, it's not just about um, knowing what to do, right? But it's also about the mental resilience that you are built into when you go through those failures, when you go through those hardships, and that brings you uh, and keeps you grounded in, in the work that you do. Um, and I do agree, right, that a lot of us, some of us might fall, fall into the trap of, you know, now trying to play a bit safer because of the, you know, the kind of risk and the learnings from, from the failure, right? Um, but I do, I, and I don't think that that is necessarily a bad thing, Right. Uh, it, 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 is some, it is good in certain circumstances. Right. Um, and and that could be something that, that um, uh, it, it is valuable as well in different scenarios. Yeah. Like, don't keep asking her out, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think at this age, uh, you can afford to, okay, maybe not in, in that context, but <laughs> you can. What is the worst thing that could happen? Is, is what Lawsuit. you should. Uh, okay, no, <laughs> no, but when I, I I say you know in from from the point from the angle that um, at this age when you're trying something that is potentially risky, um, I do okay. So personally, I do try to um, find certain like safety nets, right? Uh, so if I'm trying to do something that's risky or some venture into something unknown, I do see before I start, I see you know what's the worst thing that could go wrong. And okay, obviously I'm not able, I won't be, or I definitely can't predict exactly what's going to go wrong. 
But, but what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? And in a way, preparing yourself to be okay with it if it does happen. With yeah. that, yeah, I I feel personally it has helped me to an extent. So in in that way, uh, when it not when I'm, it's not like I'm expecting it to happen or go wrong, right? But if it does, you know, um, touch wood happen that way, I'm okay with it. Well, I expect things to go wrong. So, oh, you do? Yeah, like. I think the chance of succeeding is is, is, is low yeah. in any in most things unless it's like a test or you know an exam. But when the chance of succeeding is low, then my peace of mind shouldn't rely on the success. So I I would rather be like you know even if I'm unsuccessful, am I still happy in doing this? Then yeah, then I would try to pursue that. Even if I'm unsuccessful, would I still not regret? You know. Yeah, I, I totally agree, right? I think uh, um, it's okay to have safety nets, and and it doesn't mean that it is an all out. You know, I'm if I'm going to take a risk on something, I have no backup plans at all. <laughs> I think yeah. that's, that's that's very foolish. <laughs> yeah, that that's like borderline delusional, right? Because <laughs> okay, you you could you could be the most daring person. You you can you can be, you know, you could be doing something like skydiving. But you do know that there's a safety net. There's a backup <laughs> shoot if your main shoot doesn't pull, if it doesn't work, right? And and if if you don't know that it exists, and you just go into it, okay. Honestly, if if I do find that some kind of a person is like that, hats off to them. But you know what? I think that's a false equivalency. Skydiving. If something goes wrong, you'll probably lose your life. If if you're out of a job, that's not the end of the world. That's true. So I think people tend to overplay their fears. Like I don't, I'm not sure about this, but I think the fear places in the brain operate similarly. So when we're afraid of, you know, losing our job, like these kind of things, they're not the end end of the world, right? Yeah, definitely. And we tend to think that that's like dying, but it's actually not. You will find another job. Yeah, that's true. And you won't. You know, starve. Yeah, yeah, most and, probably. Yeah, and now that you know, you did touch on parents and and people around you. I, you, I think whenever, no matter the topic, right? As much as we try to not be affected by our surroundings and what others think of us, it does. It it definitely does to an extent. You know, play a role, and it does. Yeah, impact you in a way, right? Impact your decisions, impact your choices. To an extent, but I guess the whole question is how much you let in the opinion of others and and the criticism of others and yeah. what others think and what others think you should do. Yeah. So I mean, have you had criticism like with Skillio maybe in the beginning? People someone, around you. Yeah, someone you pitched <laughs> to or anyone who has criticized you. Yeah, how every you? every other day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, uh, it, it is inevitable, right? I think not just in the startup space, but in anything that we do, we, we do always, uh, you know, there will be naysayers. There will be, you know, people that, um, you know, give you constructive criticism. 
right? And I guess, you know, like in my journey, I have, have many of, a, a fair share of those things, right? Whether is it, you know, from a client, you know, saying that, hey, you know, you guys are kids, you know, are you sure you're doing, you know, what you do, right? Or, you know, even from, you know, speaking to stakeholders, uh, uh, investors and all that. Um, and, and I guess, and I guess really at the end of the day, um, how do you take in and filter those criticism? I think that's the, the important thing, right? Um, and I think in any um, feedback, right? I, 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 whether is it, you know, a, a straight out blast in your face to say, hey, you, you know, this, you shouldn't be doing all that, you, you suck and all that, right? Or, or is it, you know, a constructive one where they give you pointers to improve on any of such comments, I feel there are always key learning lessons from it, right? And, and uh, well, you know, especially for those that are more emotionally charged, you, you, you tend to get a little bit, um, upset about it, but I guess you know once you start you know detaching the emotions from it, there are a lot of key learning points. I remember there was one time um, uh, I was speaking to one of an investor, right, and 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 the investor told me you know let you be the last uh, student entrepreneur I will speak to, right. So so well that was super harsh, right. I I I really you know you know, felt like a dagger straight through my heart. Um, but I guess, you know, um, um, that investor also did give, give you know, like uh, their comments on, on why they thought it in such a way, right? And, and uh, to me, I agree with some things. I don't agree with some, right? Um, and, and, I, and I'm okay with that. And I, I just take the good learning points from it and, you know, um, and, and go on from there. Right and and um yeah you, you you do you will get hurt <laughs> definitely and I, I guess uh it, it is then you know being mature enough to then step away and take away the emotions and uh, analyze it logically and rationally and see how you can learn and grow from that. Yeah, you also spoke about you know like you just mentioned it. I think like not having a social life was one of the sacrifices that <laughs> you've had to make for Skillio. So, you know, was that tough? Uh, and, you know, like just standing out from, you know, the, from your peers and just not being, you know, sort of normal. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it would be safe to say, or at least from my point of view, that um, in, in terms of standing out, you, you definitely didn't go through the typical university student life, right? Which is uh, study, go out with friends, whatever work hard party harder kind of uh, an attitude yeah how how much the did that um i, I wouldn't say affect you but how how much does did that help in shaping the way um things are now yeah so i i guess because uh i started this with my co-founders uh, in when we are in university um, and I guess one of the thing about doing something from scratch is that, you know, you have to put in a lot of time, you know, that, a lot of effort and commitment into it, right? So, you know, and a natural part of that is that we only have 24 hours of a day, right? And so certain things have to be uh, to go, right? And it's not maybe just about social life, it's also about, you know, academics, right? Not being able to maybe attend classes or, and, and, you know, and all those things. Um, and, and I guess uh, all of these things taught me to be more resourceful. Right, taught me to really know that um, there is no fixed answer in life. Right, um, I I basically figure out how what is the minimal effort that I need to do to get a B minus or B plus for my grades. 
while attending the least number of lectures. <laughs> I mean, not 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 uh, trying to advocate for that, right? But uh, in, in, you get what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. that that you you find you find um ways to make to get around things. And I think when I shared about um not having a social life, I'm not saying that entirely no social life at all. Um, but I guess then prioritizing what kind of relationships I want to build and what kind of um um when do I want to go for those things. Right and and um, well you know you 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 then pissed off some people and then you are you know and you make some group of group of good friends um, but I think at the end of it um, you then you as an individual has to be um, comfortable with the trade off right and and um, and then from there that's where you uh, decide to say hey okay this is the right amount of trade off I make you know even in my academics right I'm okay with a B plus right um but i can put the rest of my time to building my own company right so so then you have to be comfortable with the choices that you make exactly uh, and i think one thing that i would want to get your thoughts on or your your feelings on is how much do you think um say the the support or maybe the lack of it or you know either way of of people around you so your say your close friends and your family um kind of impact or help you along the way in in the way that you chose to do things right and yeah. this is coming from the whole side that uh parents do want their children to be successful they definitely i think every parent would want their <laughs> child to be successful right yeah, asian parents asian parents specifically <laughs> but when my parents do think in this way but when when they see me doing something that is you know taking the part that has not been taken by a lot of people they do get a bit worried right and they 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 definitely have been times where my parents have questioned me and that has made me question myself as well you know to okay yeah. it's it's kind of like a you know those those reality checks to see uh, whether or not what you're doing is still really um what you want to do um have there been moments like that and how is the support of your parents and your your siblings or your peers yeah yeah so i i guess that's very important right i think for any venture right especially for startup founders the the ecosystem of support is so important right because you're not on this journey alone so whether is it your co-founders your team members your parents um you know mentors uh they are so crucial right because they they help you to you know um they see you through the the happy times as well as the really bad ones um and and i guess for me uh, i have been pretty blessed um in the sense that uh, i had good support you know from people that uh, are vested in what what we do and and um you know really you know helping us to reach the next stage of our journey um but of course you also do have you know moments where you know um um it, it, the support may not be the most ideal right or or you know there are doubts along the way right so like talk about parents right so my parents are pretty okay with me doing it right but the 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 baseline was that i had to graduate with a, at least a degree <laughs> so so you know dropping out of school is a no question it's a is a no from from my parents right but they gave me the parameters to say hey you know as long as you don't fail in your classes as long as you don't um you know don't do anything illegal um they are they are okay with me you know doing what i want um and of course you know you know then comes the topic of you know doing this full time after school you know can i get enough yeah. um you know money to survive in the future 
Um, that is also an ongoing conversation, right? And right. and then I have to then prove to them that, oh, you know, with these mini successes that we have, um, this is, you know, what I project for myself. And this is how I intend to, you know, do my finances and, and all that kind of thing. So it becomes, uh, you know, like, um, I, I wouldn't say that they do not support you, right? I think it, it is, you know, uh, uh, it's really out of their care and their love to really want you to make sure that you are not, um, you know, getting yourself into something that you, uh, uh, you know, eventually you regret and things like that, right? Um, but at the same time, I feel that it's also up to your own personal autonomy, right? To have that kind of thinking, to know what works best and what doesn't, right? And then from there, making plans to make sure that, you know, you, you maybe as much as you can, like what I said, build safety nets around things that may not work, right? And then allow you to, you know, pursue what you want eventually. Yeah. Right. But have they ever hinted or kind of asked you to, to look for, say, you know, another, maybe a full-time job as an option or... or yeah, backup. Oh, I, I love this word, you know. When people say backup, then I'm like, ah, oh, backup. No, but have they... Because you are close to graduating, right? And yeah. has there been a point where uh, they maybe hinted or suggested that you should probably pursue a full-time job and have this as kind of a side thing? Because that that does... It is... it, it it is pretty common, right? Especially if they don't see or if, if they aren't as faithful in in the, the, the whatever you're trying to pursue, which I guess in your case, from what you said, you know, they are quite faithful. They, they do have faith, right? But yeah. has there been such an instance? And if so, how did you convince them or <laughs> how, how did you deal with it? Because I think to a lot of the people listening as well, right? People uh, around us and our friends and people we know and people our age who are watching this show um, definitely are definitely trying things. And, and I guess the, 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 the main question would be, how do I not disappoint my parents and how do I also fulfill their whatever basic expectations that they have while doing whatever I want to do? And it is quite important, right? We can't just choose to neglect or we can't really be like, oh, um, this is what I have chosen and this is what I want to do. And yeah, you yeah. should support me wholeheartedly because, yeah. So has yeah. there been such an instance and how did you do it? Yeah, I mean, in the past few months, uh, <laughs> we've <laughs> been low-key dropping hints. <laughs> oh my God. Right, but I, I guess, you know, um, like, um, like whenever they say those things, right, um, what, what I try to do is to get down to the reason why, right? So when, when, when I think when your parents ask you to go get a full-time job and things like that, I think it is born out of the reason for, you know, making sure that you have financial stability. And, and then, then the question I ask myself is, if I want to continue doing what I do, how else can I build financial stability, right, uh, while doing what I do? So that could be, you know, doing that, you know, doing maybe this uh, skill as a, as a part-time thing and doing something else as a, maybe as a freelancer, right? Or, you know, it could be doing skill full-time and then maybe, you know, finding another income stream somewhere else, right? Whether is it through investing or whatsoever. So then, then me, me being having that kind of thinking allows me to then present this as a proposal to my parents. I say, hey, you know, I, I want to continue doing skill and this is how I know that you're worried about my finances. This is how I intend to, you know, um, maybe bolster my, my pay or whatsoever uh, or my financial stability with these other methods. And, and it goes back to the same, you know, question again earlier, right? Where you're talking about that it's no longer one plus one equals to two, right? It is yeah. blank plus blank equals to one. And then how do you then propose um, different ways to get to the same outcome that maybe your parents uh, want for you, right? So in, in this case, full-time job, 
uh, unless it, it is maybe working for our parents, right? But most of the time it's because of financial stability, right? Then yeah. in that case, how do you present the case or the argument that you are still able to be financially sustainable uh, while doing what, you're, what you like to do, right? And if I can then make that argument, then that's something that I think, uh, you know, they would most likely accept. <laughs> like pitching to parents yes. instead of investors. <laughs> Which is equally important as well, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like, what are the, so that's the thing, right? Like, what what have you done and what is the reason why I believe that you will be successful? Right. It's qu- pretty much the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I guess the, the last kind of question that we would want to ask you. Yeah. So, what advice would you give your younger self about <laughs> career, career choices? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess for me, it, it is more about, you know, don't play it safe. I feel that even at me, at, at for me, I started when I was 21, I feel that I could have started earlier, <laughs> right? And, 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 and I think that also partially, you know, at least for Singaporeans, right? Uh, it is a result of our education system, right? You know, we, we were brought through this, you know, um, you know, formal schooling period where, you know, for almost close to 16 years or 15, you know, 18 years of our life, we we are going through the same set of path that everybody have went through, right? And every and it's mandated and, and you know, everything is preordained, right? But um, what I felt, you know, when I, you know, jump on this journey of, you know, starting my own stuff and things like that was that, you know, I learned so much in these two years compared to all the years of my life in school. And yeah. I just wish that, you know, I could have known this earlier and, you know, just start different things, right? And it doesn't have to be a startup. It could be, you know, starting a youth organization, a ground-up initiative, anything, right? Um, and I think that would have, you know, really yeah. made me grow as a person. And, made, and, and like you guys starting this podcast, right? It, it will really help you grow as a person. Yeah. And I, I guess that's my advice to my younger self, right? So don't play it safe, you know, just really take risks and, and try things. Just start. Just start, just start. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Yeah, and exactly. I think the this is quite common with the whole Asian kind of education system in general, right? Because oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the two of us also have been through a quite similar experience in in a in a way that um, you're kind of shown a narrower path. <laughs> like Most I wanted to do psychology, okay, and I'm studying mechanical engineering. <laughs> <laughs> so that itself is kind of playing it safe. In a way, I didn't it? play it safe. The person who pays the tuition fees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that definitely is something that I hope, you know, at least my kids, when they grow up, they do have a, a broader <laughs> view and more choice. With... You want to force it on them. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> no, not really, but yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely having the ability to see more during your early days of schooling Having that kind of choice and and the, the the initial push, which I guess yeah, it's it's partly on our parents as well as on on educators in general, right? It's quite important. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's the concluding words from the from this episode. Yep, just start, just start. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Felix, for taking yeah. the time, and it was a pleasure.